0: Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. Today, I am with Derek Van Mel, founder of the Center for Management Terms and Practices for a discussion about managerial power. Welcome, Derek. I appreciate you being here with me today. Well, Mike, thanks very much. Glad to be here, of course. Uh, Before we dig into the topic of the moment, can you tell us a little bit about the center?
1: Oh, happy to do that. So the Center for Management
0: Terms and Practices is an association.
1: It's a community of managers who are dedicated to helping departments Work together. I mean, really, their cause is you know collaboration and meaningful work. Our members are you know serious students of management who really want to learn more and more about their role and how they can support the CEO or become CEO, connect all the dots in an organization. So that's what we do, and and uh, it's the standards body for management. So we are responsible for hosting the standard set of terms, definitions, tools, and of course we provide training, you know, and all those things. And really, the, at the heart of it, the key concept is that if managers everywhere can speak the same language, well, they can understand what each other are doing, and if they understand what each other are doing, well, then they can appreciate everybody's contribution. And uh, I, we believe that that's really the most important, powerful—no pun intended—force uh, in management is having a you know a true culture of collaboration. And for us, uh, when we founded the center three years ago, there was a conversation that just sparked it. Um, We were facilitating a planning session, Mike, as you've done many times. And in the middle of it, uh, when people were using these standard tools, one of the managers leaned in and said, now I see how what I do helps all you other guys. And uh, that really sort of captures it in a a scene that was really a good moment. And of course, you know, during COVID, best practices have been changed, you know, people manage their supply chain differently, how they do marketing how they finance their business, of course, all this stuff about remote work. So we've been busy and our members have been helpful in keeping a library of current uh, best practices available too. So that's what we do, we love it and um, you know, people have a real passion for
0: it. Thanks for the overview of the center. I could totally appreciate the focus on standardization and, and creating better communication and collaboration because uh, as your organization gets bigger, it's more important to have that and it really helps things uh, move a lot quicker. Uh, all right, well, let's jump into our topic today, which is managerial power. Can you start off by sharing a little bit about how you define managerial power? Well, sure. Every manager, even the most junior manager, has an
1: enormous amount of power you know, over their employees, and they don't often appreciate it or understand it or aware of it. And you know, with, we've all been in this situation where the boss, with a few words or a look or, or neglect even, can really create a fear in their employees and uh, really wreck their day, wreck their, maybe even wreck their, their, their tenure at the company. And that's just enormous amount, enormous amount of power. And we tend to dance around these conversations by, I don't know, softer language. But the fact is, is that we do have this power. Uh, it's a moral issue and we really do need to think about it. And, and so what we're talking about today is not the, the, the blatant abuses of power, topic that we're going to talk about is really the sort of everyday authority and use of authority that managers have. The manifestation of that power is pretty obvious. You know, a boss has the ability to hire and to fire, you know, to both reward and, you know, and to punish, and maybe most importantly to provide or withhold, you know, opportunities for the kind of work that employees love. And that, again, that's, that's a huge amount of power you have over someone's life. And I think it's important for people to understand that This isn't an issue just about, you know, the managerial responsibility of getting a task or project done. It's the the power you have over someone's life, and that that is just so important. And and so I think it really needs focus. So I I was delighted you wanted to to take this up. And, you know, there's a a simple story. I heard this yesterday. I've heard this story a couple times. Um, Someone's just been promoted in the CEO job. So one of our members was sharing the story, and uh, he was getting used to seeing that, his the team would take some of his, you know, brainstorming, thinking aloud, half-baked ideas, and run with them. And he was just getting used to the idea that they felt that they had to obey him and uh, otherwise face some consequences. And he wanted to say, no, no, I'm just thinking out loud. So um, that's a that's a manifestation of of power that he wasn't really yet aware of, and that and that's really important. So again, you know, there are abusers of power in the workplace, but I think that nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100. The problem is just someone has not been taught about what their power means to other people at a human level. So, um, And and we believe that, and I think you would too, Mike, that most managers are good people. Most people are good people. They want to do the right thing. They want to be helpful. They want to make other people happy and give them good work. They really want to do that. Their heart's in the right place. Uh, but if they stumble, it's just simply from you know a lack of awareness. And that's, that's really what you know, we've been taking up as a cause.
0: I couldn't agree more with the notion that people are trying to be good leaders and they want to do a good job. uh, And sometimes maybe the the power might get the best of them and uh, they might not even realize or have that awareness that you mentioned. Uh, When organizations do have leaders that aren't using their power effectively, what types of problems have you seen emerge? And what would you say is the impact on the organization? Yeah. Well, the the problems are substantial. I mean, we all know that, you know, the number
1: one reason people quit is because of their boss. Um, And it's because they feel their boss is unfair. And that that comes from the boss not really understanding again, how much authority, how much power they have to shape that person's experience and not just in practical terms, but in, you know, how they're appreciated by the team and, you know, accepted, forgiven, and how they're treated. And so that, of course, is a human problem. It's not just an organizational problem. But with you know that kind of dynamic in mind, what happens is, is that the employee becomes afraid. And that's, that's a word we have to face, that if people don't use their power correctly, they make people afraid. They become afraid for their jobs, they become afraid for their raise, they become afraid that they're not gonna be appreciated. And that's just really powerful. So when that happens, some individual employee is treated that way, again, probably unintentionally, um, you know, they disengage. And when you disengage, well, they make mistakes. Um, they don't put in the extra effort, and you know, they don't innovate. So that's stage one. But then stage two is when other employees, if they see that their fellow employees treated that way, um, it's infectious. And so from an organization's perspective, when that spreads, and it's a kind of cancer, what happens, of course, overall productivity drops, quality drops. Customer relations you know, erode, um, and the ability to respond cooperatively to an opportunity or a crisis you know, is diminished or disappears. And so there's really no uh, meaningful uh, supportive collaboration, which of course is very important to us at the center. The, and the worst case, I think, and I've seen this, and you probably have too, Mike, is that if, if people are not, managers are not using their power wisely and appropriately, and you have this cascade of problems. In the worst case you get subversion meaning you actually have people who uh, maybe intentionally try to hurt the organization because they're so frightened and um, disengaged and uh, of course you know one employee can do an enormous amount of damage if they set set their minds to it and, and again I think that a lot of this could be avoided if there was a constructive way to talk to people maybe when they're just becoming managers for the first time or on promotion to you know help them appreciate you know what they're their power is. So we've been talking on all these sort of negative things and, and it's appropriate because the first point of course, in any moral system is do no harm. But, uh, I think it's also important to say, well, what happens if we do become aware of this? And we do think about how we use our power and the, the human side of it. And, uh, you know, all the things that that means. So for organizations that have given this some thought and they take these moral issues seriously, then of course, you, you know, for as big as the problems can be, the benefits can be just as big. But, uh, you know, you ask about leaders not using their problem, their power appropriately, you know, of course, it starts at the top. And again, this can be obvious that, you know, if the chief executive is not careful, very careful about, you know, how they use their power, because people assume they have this enormous amount of power, and they do, and then they have the power to distribute power, well, then, of course, you know the problem can you know can multiply. But again, if the problem can multiply, then the solution can also cascade out through the organization and be better. So, um, so the good news again is that you know power used wisely, with with not just in the practical sense for effectiveness, but in its moral sense for fairness.
0: Um, well, then, great things can happen. And and, uh, and it's a
1: lot more fun to talk about
0: those things, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, over my years, I, I've definitely seen examples of what you're talking about. And uh, during our podcast, as you know, we like to provide our listeners with some approaches and tools to implement based off of what we're talking about at the moment. So how can leaders ensure that they are using power appropriately and as effectively as possible and not causing some of these problems that you've talked about?
1: Yeah, well, great question. And, and again, uh, we've given this a lot of thought We try to distill it in a way that, that's useful. But really the first, the first step is to uh, you know look in the mirror. You're a new, maybe a new manager, or you've been a manager a long time, and ask yourself, you know, some of these questions. How how has my behavior affected other people's happiness? Because often, you know, managers are assessing themselves or being assessed. They talk about, you know, results, outcomes, measure, measurable things. That's all important. You know, effectiveness is of course important. But to ask, turn the question to the moral side. How am I affecting people's happiness? And um, just simply have to look at your look at yourself in the mirror and, and think about maybe your interactions with staff over the past couple months and ask, have I inadvertently you know, made people afraid of me? Now, of course, there are some people who brag about that. Um, and we've all heard those stories. Uh, one of my favorites, a friend of mine uh, told this story about a boss, uh, he no longer works there, who in a monthly uh, project report meeting Uh, this woman would walk around the table with the report rolled up in her hand and bop people on the head if they weren't on time with their projects. So again, practical step, ask yourself this hard question. And um, don't assume that you're gonna be perfect, don't hold yourself to a standard of perfection. You know, life is complicated, people are complicated, we're all gonna make mistakes. But as a tool, um, we developed what we call the code of managerial power. You know, there are, of course, codes of ethics. It's a familiar kind of concept, which is really about how to behave in certain you know, practical situations in your industry, or what have you. The code of use of power has four basic elements, and I'll talk about them just, just a little bit, each with, a, with basically a pledge and a test question. So the four elements are um, awareness, introspection, appropriateness, and an intention. And I'll, I'll just uh, take a minute on each. So awareness is what we've been talking about, is simply being aware that you have a manager has the power, you know, to make someone unhappy and to make them happy by your behavior. So the, the pledge is to is to contemplate that, like I said the opening of this particular answer. And uh, the test question is, you know, when was I recently reminded of the effects of my managerial power? And again it means reflecting on you know, the past month or so of think about those situations and you know think clearly how did my power affect other people? So that's awareness. The second is introspection, and that's similar. But to really give some system to that, you know, where did I get my attitudes and behaviors about the use of power? Did I have, you know, did I have bosses in the past who were bullies, or were they like uh, you know, bosses I've been blessed with, who were great people who really understood that their authority, the power that they were given, was they were entrusted to help people and serve others. So to introspect and give some system to that. And the test question is, how has being a manager made me a better person? And again, that's to break out of just assessing management performance in terms of tasks and projects, but to really broaden it to the moral, moral sense. Because management is a noble endeavor, and we don't often think about that. And I would love, and the center members would love to think have more people appreciate just how wonderful a good manager is. It's a helping profession, really. So awareness, introspection, and appropriateness, you know, we're all unique, but... Uh, You know, if you've got a team of whatever six people, they're all gonna have very, even if they're doing similar tasks, they're gonna be very different people with different sets of skills and knowledge, different attitudes and behavior. And so advice we will give to our coaching clients is think about your direct reports, take a piece of paper for each one on one side, write out, here are what I understand their skills and knowledge to be, write it out. uh, Because most people don't take the time to really get to know them. And you probably will discover first time through is that, gosh, I really don't know my employees very well that's okay. It's an opportunity to go and learn about them. So you can you know, treat them appropriately you know, in each situation. And then the final after awareness, introspection and appropriateness is intention. And that's to set an intention of being the best manager you can be at using your power well. And uh, the test question there is the final one. When did I last use my power to help an individual or a group? I think what's really important about that is we tend to be critical of ourselves that's sort of the irony. Bullies tend not to be critical themselves, and good managers tend to be overcritical. And you probably have done a lot more good for people than you give yourself credit for. So don't just look for the mistakes that you've made, because we all make them. But remember, you know, I gave Sally a new responsibility, took a risk on her, and she really blossomed. That was a great event. Or so and so was struggling, and they needed some more resources, and I, you know, fought the fight to get them what they needed so they could really be uh, appreciated for the contribution that they made. So, awareness, introspection, appropriate, and intention. And Mike, I'll, of course, send this to you so if people want the code that's on a page, um, you know, they could have it. So those are the, you know, practical steps and we've tried really hard, you know, put it on a page so that people can think about it, talk about it, and, uh, you know, integrate it with their systems.
0: I couldn't agree more with your recommendation about, you know, building awareness, uh, especially self-awareness. Emotional intelligence is really what differentiates leaders as their career progress. Everything you've shared so far is great advice. And, uh, you know, I'd like to add that everybody should regularly reflect on their use of power and ask for feedback from others to ensure they're engaging those around them. Before we end, can you share an example of a leader or organization that you've seen that has used power effectively to get really big things done? Well, sure. Um, well, there's
1: two stories. Uh, I'll keep them short. But um, one is my own. I like to tell this story because it's a compliment to a mentor. I, when I was uh, starting my career, I was property manager for an office building in downtown Chicago. And I was new and uh, apparently a tenant had made a complaint about how clean the lobby was and had called the office. So I get a call from the president of the firm. His name is Howard Weinstein. And Howard called me and said, Derek, um, yeah, we've got this complaint. Let's meet in the lobby. I'm coming right over. I met him in the lobby, and i you know, a little nervous about that because he could have, of course, you know, yelled at me or threatened me or done all kinds of things. I'm not a shy fellow. But he said, uh, well, Derek, how, how clean do you think the lobby is yourself? And so I've, he's making me think. And, of course, he had my attention because he's the president of the company. That's the use of power. A minute later, he says, well, Derek, do you see that piece of tape that's sort of stuck over the, the, the door? And I looked up. I said, yeah, no, I hadn't seen that. He, said, he just nodded his head. said, Yeah, there you go. And he left. And it seemed like he did nothing. But what he did was he used his power and his authority to uh, get my attention, draw attention to the issue, let me know it was important, and uh, show that he had faith in me that I could generalize the lesson. Now, I'm sure that if he got another complaint, it would have been a slightly different conversation. Howard passed away last year, and, and he was just a great manager. Uh, so that's my personal story, but maybe the most, I think maybe the most famous story in management is a story about um, Paul O'Neill. He was Ronald Reagan's Secretary of uh, Commerce. And after he served in government, he became CEO of Alcoa Aluminum. And you can imagine, you know, it's a manufacturing business, lots of uh, you know, forges and and big equipment, slightly a dangerous kind of business. And uh, not that Alcoa was having any real problems, uh, you know, all of their safety benchmarks were within norms. So he came in and he said, we're going to make safety, um, reducing incidents per worker per hundred, uh, our number one priority. And everybody thought he was nuts. And Wall Street said, you know, it's going to be disastrous, Um, you know, sell the stock. But he kept after, after it. And so he used his enormous authority, power in the organization to focus on something that obviously meant that he cared about people. And so 13 years later, when he retired, he had cut this key indicator of injuries per 100 employees per day, or 100 per day, uh, from 1.86 to 0.02, virtually eliminated safety problems, not entirely, Um, and profits quintupled. So to me, that's the best example of someone who knows how to to use their power, understand it, the moral purpose of power, and the practical effects of power, and that the two things come together to shape, you know, a culture of collaboration centered around providing, you know, a group of people uh, meaningful work, because that's what we all all want. And I think ultimately, providing people the opportunity to work together to make the world a better place, serving others. You know, is really what the ultimate use of power should be. So um, I'd love to tell that story. A lot of stuff, Paul O'Neill, has a lot of stuff about it on YouTube, some of his famous speeches. Um, it wasn't easy, but he, he made it happen. That's, I think, the best story I could think of.
0: Thank you for sharing that story. I think it's a great illustration of how leaders can use power appropriately. It's really hard to argue against providing safety for your workforce. Well, Derek, thank you so much for taking time with us today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. I want to take a moment to thank our listeners and to wish them luck as they move forward on their leadership journeys, and please check back regularly for additional episodes.